Welcome back to another episode of the Fitness Lying Down podcast with your host, me, Corey Kripe, owner extraordinaire. And at some point, I promise you, I will get music and we'll have intros and things will be exciting. But until then, you're just going to have to put up with me and my face for radio voice. So in this episode, I want to talk about, well, how about this? There's two things that you may or may not know about me. One is that I was a male cheerleader in college. And number two, I've been fired from one job. And in this episode, you're going to find out only one of those things. So moving on. I, I want to talk about a little recap. I ended with my internship experience after the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse interning with the Chicago Bulls. And then it was on to an exciting time of my life, right? I have finally obtained and earned my college degree that everybody told me I needed to get in order to get another job, a well-paying job, I should say. So you would think after having a four-year degree and an internship like I had and just being on top of the world, I was expecting to be getting people to want me to work for them. I mean, I was applying for jobs and I was almost... As arrogant as it sounds, I was waiting for people to be contacting me. Well, that didn't happen. And so, like many people that graduate from college, we have to go somewhere very humbling. And I had been, it's kind of embarrassing. Well, not as embarrassing. It's just funny when I think about it. I used to work at the Olive Garden through college. Um, I was a host, and I did this, and I did that. I ended up bartending. I served. And so... I had a big party when I graduated and, you know, I made some friends and things like that. And so as I was ready to go on with my internship, I left. And then after the internship, I needed money. And so I called back up the Olive Garden and asked if I could come back and they took me back. So I went back and I started serving tables once again. And I just remember some of the workers looking at me thinking, or not even thinking, they told me, hey, we had a party for you. Why are you back? It's like, well, life kind of, no, let's just, oh, salad, super salad, breadsticks, okay. And so that was humbling, yes. And, you know, I kind of hit an emotional low because I was up on this high. I thought that the world was my oyster, but I was called to be a little bit less than at that time. And fortunately, I was with my now wife of, well, currently, as we're listening to this podcast, it's been over 18 years. But we were dating at the time, and fortunately, she was there to kind of help me through some of my ups and downs, more downs and ups. And after working at the Olive Garden for almost a year again after college, I finally had found what I thought might be my dream job. I went to work up in Tomahawk, Wisconsin. So if anybody knows anything about the central Northwoods of Wisconsin, Tomahawk's up there. And it was a unique experience. It was a, an 18-hole golf course. Country Club, I believe they would call it. But the interesting thing about Tomahawk is that they had the PCA paper mill, and that had a lot of employees. And then there was also a Harley-Davidson motorcycle division up there as well. Well, the PCA paper mill came to the owner of the golf club and said, listen, if you build a wellness center, health center, whatever, fitness center, whatever you want to call it, we will actually pay for our employees and their family members to come and work out. And so he did. He would always say, like, um, against his accountant's wishes, he actually built a pretty decent little fitness center for a small town in 
North Center or North Central Wisconsin. And that that health club had been going on for a while, but it was deteriorating in regards to there was they couldn't hire anybody professional enough to do things and help the help the members there. Well, I had seen this um, in the internet at the time. The internet was still pretty fairly new and fresh, but I found this job opening and I applied and I went up for my first interview and I was just so excited. Um, being a being a child of kind of northern Wisconsin, um, it was really exciting to go back and the woodlands and the scenery, the water, just beautiful. And I mean, eventually I did, I ended up getting the job. And I just remember being so excited because it was like my first salaried position. And I have to admit, looking back now, I mean, the salary was pretty ridiculous. Now, also, the cost of living in northern Wisconsin, especially in Tomahawk, it's not extravagant. I mean, I actually had a pretty little, uh, cool little pad there. But, you know, I mean, I was able to do what I wanted to do. I was the owner, I was the manager. I mean, I was taking care of everything. And I was actually allowed to. Now, this is the funny thing. If I, man, if I could go back and do things over again. See, this is some of the, where I look back at where I am as a business person now, I mean, quote unquote, business person to where I was then, because I did not want to be a personal trainer. I did not want to make people programs that they wanted that were bodybuilding because I was a functional trainer. I was giving people all these exercises. So, you know, coming out of the Chicago Bulls experience, I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to be a personal trainer. I wanted to be a strength coach. And I just remember, oh my goodness. I mean, now that I'm going back in these memories, I, I remember making people programs and I would show them everything. And what I was told by the owner of the business, the owner of the company was like, hey, you have your base salary. Yes. You can actually take on personal training clients. You could charge them whatever you want and you can keep that 100%. And that's right there. That's where I made a big mistake because I'm not a personal trainer. I just kept saying to myself, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make sure everybody had good workouts. I mean, that's insane. I could have easily just charged people for workouts, right? Okay, you want to work out? So many dollars, right? I don't know. I could have actually probably done really, really well in Tomahawk, Wisconsin with that method. And I might have been up there even to this day. But, you know, it's funny when you look back and what God has planned for you. It's never really what you think you want. So going through that, an amazing experience. I mean, we increased our memberships because they finally had somebody that cared. And that's the other thing I started learning about. You know, you don't learn this in, in the university level. You don't learn this. You don't learn it, um, I don't know, like in the Chicago Bulls, right? Like you just, you all of a sudden find out. And it's taken me so long. It's just taken me till recently to figure out that the field of fitness, as a fitness professional, my job is not about exercises. My job is about people. And it's about gaining trust. You know, yes, I, I do believe that I'm helping people. I'm making people better through exercises. But you have to have that environment, especially if you're selling something. And so I was able to. I was just happy making such a base salary. I still remember getting my first credit card. Um, I was told throughout college, my stepfather, Ben, said, do not get a credit card. And I'm so glad he did because I can just think of, I remember seeing all the credit cards being, you know, they're sitting there at campus and get a free t-shirt when you apply for a credit card. And again, I, I just know me back then, I would have been like, wow, this is cool. I just put all this money on here and all I have to do is pay like $5 a month and forever. What a great idea. Well, I did need to take out a credit card. So I took one out and I just remember the limit was $500. 
And I was thrilled. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, I, I could use $500 right now. I never did, but it was just the excitement of that. And just, again, you grow up and anybody that's listening to this probably knows that your credit card limit is, I mean, $500 is almost insulting. Um, but getting back to the original point of the story, Tomahawk, Wisconsin, I grew that business and I grew it not because of so much of what I knew. I mean, people were excited because there was actually a fitness professional there, but I grew it because I cared. I talked to people. I actually wanted to know about them and I wanted to know about their health history. I want to know how the exercises affected them. I mean, I just made relationships and it was a heck of a time. And I had planned. Um, I actually, during that time, I proposed to my wife, Rebecca, and she did say yes. I was, I was quite surprised. Um, and something people might not know, but now you will know, is that when I did propose to her, I got slapped hard across the face. Now, if you know my wife, when she gets excited, sometimes she gets a little physical. So I just, it was, um, it was funny, and we sometimes go back and forth on that about what that slap really meant. But she did say yes, and she continues to say yes every day now, and I'm very blessed about that. But we had it in our mind that we were, she wanted to go back to school. And so I figured, hey, if I've got this job, you can move, come up, you can come and move up to Tomahawk, Wisconsin. You can go to UW, I don't know, whatever the extension was, a two year school, start getting that education. And here we go. Well, again, plans change. Tomahawk is not the most it's a great city and there's a lot of great outdoor things to do. But if you're looking for more like city life, Tomahawk does not have that. And that's okay. And she also wanted, my wife, Rebecca, wanted to go to school to become a dietitian. And in La Crosse, Viterbo has a dietetic program. And so she just told me, she's like, listen, I'm going to go to Viterbo. If you want to marry me, you have to move back down to La Crosse. I think that's how the conversation went. I don't know. It might've been different, but Basically, I almost a year into this job, I had to tell them I need to get out. Um, and they kind of understood. They're like, you know, our our goal was to get Rebecca up here because we knew if Rebecca would move up here that you would stay here longer. And I'm like, well, plans change. So I um I had to make a, a familiar phone call. I called back up the Olive Garden and I said, I need a job. <laughs> and they were happy to have me back. But I said, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the front of the house. I don't want to be serving tables anymore because the regulars start to see you again, and they're just always asking, like, why are you back? So I ended up working in the, in the back of the house, cooking and whatever. Um, but I came back, and I was searching for anything, too, that would be, like, getting my foot in the door in the fitness field again because I, I was passionate about it. Like, this is what I went to school for, and I, I felt like I had something to give people. And fortunately enough, I did. I found a job um, at Onalaska Fitness in on Alaska, Wisconsin, Center 90. No longer there. I think now it's like Cooley Fitness. But that was my first fitness job moving back into lacrosse. And I was selling memberships. I was working at the front desk. Um, it was a very humbling experience once again. But at least I had my foot in the door. And I ended up moving up the ranks as a personal trainer. And, um, you know, short-lived, but a lot of good experience there. Some good, uh, uh, good networking and good relationships. Well, one of my clients, I remember one day, came up to me with a newspaper clipping because back in that time, you still used uh, the newspaper to find jobs. And she had this clipping of a job at what was called ORC Industries in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And she said, Corey, I think I found a good job for you. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? You, you don't want me to work here anymore? She's like, no, I think this job will be better for you. 
she goes, um, the company she worked for was the roofing company. And so she knew about this account and what have you. So I applied and yeah, it was another salaried position. It was kind of, if you will, a corporate wellness director in charge of corporate wellness. Um, the company was quite unique. They hire people with disabilities and that's their, that's their mission. So they put people to work that have, that probably couldn't work in other places. And it's a manufacturing, um, they did a lot of military contracts. I remember at one point they were 100% exclusively um, responsible for the Dixie hats that the Navy wore, parkas, trousers. They did all that kind of work. And they had the piece rate for the people with disabilities for their different levels of abilities. Well, it was a nonprofit uh, organization, so they built a brand new wellness center for their employees. And I applied to that job and I went through a couple interviews and I got the job. And I was so excited because... That salary that I had in Tomahawk, Wisconsin, I mean, I remember I came in this time. I had a little bit more experience under my belt, and I just kind of went in like, well, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. So I just remember that as a young professional, that that question that always you're kind of worried about, like, how much is this worth to you? How much, how much do you expect to get paid? And I gave the range of, you know, this to this, and I got the higher end of that range. So I was like floored, and I was super excited because, I mean... I was able to have paid holidays. I had uh, insurance. I had a 401k matching. I mean, it was quite the setup. And plus, I was in charge. I was given a brand new wellness center with brand new equipment. And this equipment is not like the old machines. I mean, it was free motion is what it was called, um, cable pulley systems, these kind of things. And it was it was pretty good. I mean, it was great. And I always I always equate this to the fact of, because I was the only person that had a fitness degree that knew anything about exercise given this job. So I kind of tell people, it felt like somebody bought a brand new car and they gave me the keys and just said drive because I had to set up the program. I had to figure out how we're going to make this happen. And I think it was actually pretty good of the, uh, the president of the company, my, my direct supervisor, to put me right in as the building's being built. So the building was built, I'm sorry, but like laying the floor down. I mean, I spent I spent a month getting that building ready, laying the floor, taking care of that detail work, moving the machines in, things like that. I mean, it gave me a lot of ownership into there, um, and it was it was a great experience. And during that time too, I was able to travel for education because I told the president, I'm like, listen, in order to keep my certification for fitness as a strength conditioning concentrate, or what was it? CSCS, uh, Certified Strength Conditioning Specialist, blah, blah, blah. I said, I need to have continuing education. And she agreed that this would be good. So I remember the first thing I did, I was able to take a flight to Colorado Springs um, and go to a major uh, headquarters, I guess, of the NSCA, the National Strength Conditioning Association, one of the older things, older organizations in the field um, that accredit people, that certify people in the fitness industry. And I was amazed. I was amazed I was able to do that. I was able to fly out to Colorado Springs on the company dime, stay in a nice hotel. And I just remember that that event, it was like the first functional training symposium seminar that they had. It was like a two-day event and my mind was blown. I was just hook, line, and sinker. I was on fire again because, and not to say I wasn't on fire, but there is something when you get to network and you get to rub elbows with people in your profession, you get to you get to bounce ideas off of and have these conversations like that really fires you up. So I remember coming back to work and I mean, I just had ideas and I implemented the ideas. People loved it. And I mean, uh, the boss said, you know, we need to be making sure you do this more often because I could see that this works. And 
Um, typically what happened is I would go to Chicago, uh, the perform better, uh, three day summit, a lot of functional training stuff. A lot of people that are on top of the industry, they did, a, they do a great job. They bring all these, all these educators in all these professionals. Like I said, the, the top people in the industry and you get to do lectures, you get to do hands-on. It's an amazing event. So I started going to that every year. And actually I, I met, that's where I met Anthony Dix, who ended up being, um, my business partner. But we'll get to that story later. So just getting fired up and learning and working with people with disabilities. I mean, I had such a great time with that. Um, and all the benefits of working that salary job, 401k, paid vacations. I mean, man, that was so sweet. <laughs> and then one time, I feel like I keep saying, and then, and then. One of the events, I went down to perform better. And I started learning about movement more. Movement screening and natural movement patterns and primal movement patterns. And I will be honest with you, I was starting to get a little burnt out in the industry because everything just felt so monotonous. It felt like sets and reps and are people actually getting better? You know, that, that's the one thing. So when I got this movement screen, and this movement screen is a pretty, pretty popular tool that we use in the industry. It's a great way that uh, Gray Cook, who came up with it, it's a great way for the fitness professional to be able to communicate with a medical professional. So if the medical professional, the physical therapist, occupational therapist, if they're using this, we can speak the same language. Um, that's one of the barriers is that there's not a universal language to speak between, well, even between fitness professionals. But we had this numeric system of quantifying the quality of movement and that we could talk to each other that way. So I, I ended up getting the screen. I got the screen kit, brought it back home, and I started screening these people that I've been working with for over five years. And everything, for the most part, sucked. I mean, there was like shoulder mobility, hip mobility, everything. And, you know, I just had to have a deep thought. Like I had to look deep into what I was doing and thinking, if I was really making a difference, these scores should not be bad as they are. I mean, and the FMS, the functional movement system, will tell you there is no bad score, but they were the lowest scores you could get for most people. And it was just like, well, what's going on? So I had to start thinking a little bit more. And that's when like the primal movement patterns and even in my own program and even in my own workouts, I was getting a little bored of barbell trainings because we still did some barbell stuff. And some of the, some of these other exercises were just, all it was was glorified bodybuilding exercises kind of made up a little bit as functional training exercises. That's what I was actually selling. I wasn't, wasn't selling what I sell nowadays. So having that deep hard look at myself and just thinking, okay, maybe I'm just going to jump ship a little bit. I'm going to start trying some of this primal movement patterns, um, some of these workouts that I see, and just I'm going to start exploring. And I started having more fun again. I started getting energized about fitness. And then I could tell in my body that doing some of these things, crawling, creeping, um, jumping, I mean, just some of these, when you think about like, climbing a tree. I mean, I never would think about climbing a tree. Now it's like, oh, there's a tree. I'm going to climb it. Let's, let's have some fun. Um, so bringing that in, I started applying that to the clients that I was seeing. And that was ruffling some feathers. So the people that I was seeing, the people that were directly working out with me, whether they were the people with disabilities that I talked about earlier, or they were the other employees that, I mean, I think everybody has some disability at some level, but um, the other employees that would come in that weren't having to come in under the label of the special population. Everybody was really enjoying this new programming. They're like, I've never experienced it before. And it, it's so challenging yet. 
I feel good. Like my body actually feels refreshed. And I'm like, yeah, I know this is just, it's revolutionary is what I thought because of all the things that I've ever thought about with fitness, barbell training, getting after it, hardcore, this was definitely the opposite. And yep, the, uh, the president of the company, my direct supervisor did not like what I was doing. And I guess looking back, I could, I can understand that they invested in this building, they invested in this equipment, and I wasn't really using that equipment as much. I was really focused on more body weight things, rolling and rocking, crawling, creeping, jumping, ducking. I mean, all these, it was, it's, it's exciting to even think about it again. Like, yeah, that's, it's fun stuff. It gets people like, it's almost playtime. And that's the problem with fitness is we've moved fitness into this, you get done with work, but then you got to go back to work because now you have to go beat up your body. And fitness shouldn't be like that. Fitness should be seen as an experience to have fun, to play, to get better, to practice. You know, you think about when you, you go to practice for any other sport. I mean, you have to practice the sport. And that's what fitness should be, is we need to be pre-practicing how to move better, how to move better under load, because that's what life is going to demand of us. And if we're not good at it in our training systems, in our training environment, we're not going to be very good at it in the real life in the real world. And that's going to have some consequences. So I just remember I was feeling so good. Shoulders are feeling good. Hips were feeling good. My low back was feeling great. And I've had low back problems. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, at some point. And at one point, my direct supervisor, the president of the company, was walking with me. And she looked at me and she said, Corey, you have to stop doing all this fitness lying down bleep. And I honestly, I looked at her and I just kind of started laughing. Because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to stop doing this. This stuff is like, this is the stuff. Um, just going down these rabbit holes and being open and being curious. That, that was great for me. And people were loving it. Again, the people that I was serving absolutely enjoyed everything we were doing. Now, the president of the company was not a client of mine. She wasn't doing the workouts I wanted her to do. Actually, she never even asked me for workouts. So I, um, I fought that for about a year. And I always kind of thought to myself, like, you know, I'm, I kind of knew that my position was in jeopardy. After almost nine years of working there, I just knew, like, mm, I, think, I think I'm getting close to the end of my time. So I started thinking about, well, maybe it is time to open a gym. Maybe it is time to move in that direction. And I, uh, so I, for a year there, I was kind of planning that out, thinking about it. I mean, I wasn't really moving hard on it. I wasn't trying to get new clients. And I always kind of felt like I was like, uh, if anybody's ever watched the Shawshank Redemption, kind of like I was Andy Dufresne. And every now and then I'd walk out in the yard and I would be throwing the, I'd be moving the dirt out of my pants that I was using uh, to dig uh, the hole in the wall to escape the uh, Alcatraz, or not Alcatraz, but to escape Shawshank. Sorry, the movie kind of, I was getting lost in my thought there. So I'd feel like every now and then, like if something was happening that was moving in my direction, I was like, Andy, and I had a friend of mine in the job, in the business, and I'd walk past his office, and I'd kind of shake out my pants, and we'd both laugh at it. Well, unfortunately, the warden got me before I could escape. I got shot. Um, I was fired. I Not even laid off, not let go. Your position's been eliminated. I got my letter of, nope, you're fired. And I just remember, and, you know, yeah, was part of it my fault? Most likely, because I was refusing to give in. And I just remember driving home and Ruthie, my youngest, was not even a year old. I, she was, boy, if I got fired in July, she was born in September. So you do the math. 
I, I just broke down. I, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I can't believe that I just let this happen. And fortunately, Rebecca was very calm about it. She knew this was going to happen. She did. She, uh, she's a very intuitive person. And I just remember after being fired, like desperate now, it's like, I have to, I have to get, I have to earn money here. I have to take care of my family. And I found out some really great things at that time, 2014, in the state of Wisconsin, unemployment, the unemployment office was a rock star. I mean, they wanted you, they were going to help you any which way they could to get you back on your feet and start working. And so I, I had to do that, right? So I had to file for the um, unemployment. And even though the funny thing is, if you're fired and if it's for a good reason, your former employer could actually fight your unemployment benefits and you don't have to get it because you were fired. Well, when the unemployment benefits or unemployment people went to the uh, former uh, employer, they actually didn't say anything. They allowed me to get my benefits. And the benefits are not extraordinary, but they're enough and they help out. And I'm, I'm grateful for what they were. And, but you have to apply to so many jobs in a week and everything is electronic now. So you don't like send in any paper stuff. You go to your website, you log in and you document which jobs you interviewed for or which jobs you applied for. And then the thing is, is that if you do get a job or if you get an, if you get an interview and you refuse to go to the interview, you lose your, your insurance, you lose your benefits. If you're offered a job and you don't take that job, you lose your benefits. And I'll tell you right now, all the jobs that are applying for, again, everything's so online, which is a good thing, but not a good thing too. You're not able to go in and actually meet people. And I just remember there was always the button when I was applying for jobs. Have you ever been fired? And I would click that button. And I just kind of knew right then and there where my application was really going. And then it'd be funny because like they wouldn't even give you a chance to respond. Like, why were you fired? So, I mean, this whole time I'm trying to get a job, but I'm not getting it. And, you know, I couldn't bring myself to not put it down because I was just so recently fired. I didn't want to lie about it. So I just kept moving forward, trying to do things. And, you know, at one point my wife, she looked at me and she said, you know, maybe now is the time to, maybe you're right. Maybe now is the time to start a business because you have something unique. You know, at one point when I graduated from college, I wanted to start a gym. I wanted to open up my own gym because, hey, I'm Corey Kripe. I had an internship with Chicago Bulls. I've got a great degree from the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. I, I know things. I can help people out. And that was early in our marriage. And my wife at the time said, absolutely not. You will not bankrupt us so early in our marriage. And I just remember being livid about it. And she's like, you need to get experience. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I've got experience. She's like, you need real experience. And now after all those years, we're finally at a point where she's like, I think, I think this is it. And again, my wife is so intuitive. She is so like, she's so smart. She's so smart. And we know she's smart because you know who she married. Wink, wink. <laughs> and I know I can say all this stuff because she doesn't listen to this. Um, so I started thinking about starting the job. Like, and then my gears started focusing. Now, I will tell you again that the Wisconsin uh, Unemployment Office, Rockstars, I got a letter in the mail saying, hey, there is a mandatory meeting on such a date and you, there is no excuses. You have to show up. If you don't show up, you lose your benefits. And I was scared because in my mind, I thought, did I do something wrong? Did I not, did I not get enough people that I applied for? And so I remember going to that meeting and there was a bunch of us in a room 
And the lady who was facilitating the meeting, she came in and the first thing she said was, nobody's in trouble. And everybody just, you could see all the shoulders just drop. And there was like a collective, <sighs> everybody just thought we were all in trouble. And she's, she said, no, we're, we're here to help. And I had no idea that this building existed, but they had this, they have an amazing building here in La Crosse, Wisconsin, where it's like, if you don't know much about the internet, we will help you set up your resume. We will help you apply for jobs. If you need to build a resume, we will help you. Whatever you need, we have resources to help you get back into the workforce. And I was, I was shocked. I was floored because I'm like, I didn't know this existed. You know, for so long, I felt like I was on my own and, you know, I could handle myself. But I just think about all of the other people that might not be so tech savvy and just, you know, they couldn't do it this way. So I was very impressed. Well, at, towards the end of the meeting, this facilitator would come around and, you know, for seven to 10 minutes would talk to you about your plans to get back into the workforce. And at this time, I was gung-ho ready to start my own gym. And so she sat down next to me and she's, you know, just very polite person, smiling, young, you know, probably my age, maybe a little younger. All right, so Corey, what are, what are your plans to get back into the workforce? How, how can we help you? And I just looked at her with this huge smile. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to start a gym. And I just remember her face, her face, it, it's always ingrained in my memory. It's basically to the fact of like, I was a young kid saying that I'm going to get a unicorn. And her face just like, she was happy about it, but yet sad. So we're going to be coming back to you soon again. And we're going to be revisiting, not revisiting, we're going to add on to the story. Fired, unemployment, ready to start a gym. Things are going crazy. Young family. Should I? Should I not? So you guys hold on tight. Have a great week. And until I see you next time, Godspeed.